This is Andrew from Fredericton, New Brunswick, Canada. And I never, never listen to I Doubt It with Dalimore, eh? The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalimore. So soon, episode 428 by Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and I am joined by the hashtag 30th episode co host, <laughs> Brittany Page, everybody. You really screwed that up, huh? Hashtagiest third episode. Hashtag third episodeiest. There it is. Yeah. You there know, it is. It was nice to wake up to a tweet from someone demanding this episode. It makes us feel needed. I actually do like that. Yeah. No, I think it was great. It is It is kind of a... Um, it's new. Mm-hmm. Here, again, Brittany hates the sausage being made, but... Here we go. I, I don't... Uh, it, it's kind of rough when you we do a show back-to-back, because we like to do an intro... Where we kind of talk about whatever lighthearted bullshit mm-hmm. and then move into the more serious stuff. And if we start doing this like every other week now, we're doing it three times a week for the audience. Well, who else would we do it for? <laughs> um, we're going to be stretched thin on what the fuck to talk about because really we're not that interesting. That's true. Not a lot goes on. Yeah. It's kind of a stretch. Mm-hmm. I mean, yesterday I talked about not murdering someone at the grocery store. Yeah. Super fascinating stuff. It's not only fascinating. I don't murder someone at the grocery store every day. So that's not really something that uh, it's not a happening. It's not an occurrence. It's yeah. not, uh, you know, it's not unique. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, wait, wait to sell the the increase in episodes to everybody. No, we're just I'm going to have to figure something out. Mm-hmm. And I'm always soliciting ideas and. From the audience. Yeah. You know how much I love idea people. Yeah, yeah. you do. So, here we are. Mm-hmm. Hashtag third episode, Brittany Page. Yep. Uh, to cover all the Putin and uh, Trump stuff. Oh, man. I'm saying Putin first. Putin and Trump stuff. Well, he clearly dominated. Why wouldn't you name the... The... the, the what did, how did uh, Trump describe him? President Putin was extremely strong and powerful. Yeah. Mm, strong and powerful. So why wouldn't you name Putin first? Yeah. Even Donald Trump, president of the United... We're jumping the gun here, but president of the United States of America showing deference to brutal, thug, wannabe dictator, autocrat, murderer of journalists and opponents. Right. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Like Invader you said. of countries. Um, why don't we talk about Jeff Bezos? Because Amazon Prime Day is happening. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that could be two-sided. Yeah. And well, one, we're going to discourage people from taking part because we're only going to put more money in his coffers. Well. Which is fine. That's fine. Well, I, I don't know how I feel about it. So let's talk about it. Um <laughs> He has become the uh, first person in recorded history worth $150 billion. That is a tremendous amount of money. And Mike Rosenberg with uh, Bloomberg tweeted, 
just with what he's made in the last 24 hours, Bezos could buy every house for sale in Seattle, Seattle right now and house every homeless person in the city for one month. $709 million. Wow. Mm-hmm. Just what he's made in the last 24 hours. And he gets... Just, um, just from one day. Yeah. And wow. so at each minute, he makes about $179,000. Every minute. Mm-hmm. Wow. On average. So he makes more in a minute than a typical American makes in three years. Jeff Bezos. There, there's Listen, I'm... I always struggle with this because, you know, I'm coming out of being a conservative where it's just a knee-jerk reaction to defend people's wealth and the money that they've made. And I don't necessarily begrudge people what they've created, what they what what they earn, the service that he provides us. We benefit from Amazon, and I'm not even just talking about what the audience buys and us getting a little commission from it. Even being able to order something and then it, the next day or even sometimes that same day, having it delivered is a, a wild convenience. Mm-hmm. It's great. Mm-hmm. So he has provided um, an, a value add to society. Granted, it's based around consumerism, which you may or may not be, be real fond of. But he has done something for the world. The other thing is he owns the Washington Post. And from what I can tell, isn't intervening in the way they report on the news because I was listening to something yesterday and it was the Washington Post reporting on Amazon doing some shady shit or being involved with shady companies and the the lady didn't uh, pull any punches. She did her job like a journalist. So all of that's kind of good, but come on, man. A hundred. He's not the most charitable cat on the planet. Yeah. So that's. I was waiting for you to get done with whatever it is you're doing and uh, S and of the D. Um. Talk about Bill Gates, who would yeah. have had a net worth of 150 billion if he would have held on to his money, but, but he gave a lot of it away. He gave 40 billion dollars away last year. He donated. He's donated almost 700 million Microsoft shares and 2.9 billion of cash and other assets since 1996. He didn't give 40 billion away last year? Or was it 4 billion I, I, last year? I don't know what he did last year. Hmm. But this is what I'm reading from Bloomberg right now. So He did something remarkable last year with the foundation, giving money to the foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, there- Maybe he promised to give a certain amount. Yeah, and in, in, in the coming years, maybe or that's it. Yeah, but he he is he's changing the world, making the world a better place. Bill Gates, mm-hmm. and I don't know. And look, I don't know. Maybe Bezos is on the sly doing something, but he's certainly not to the caliber of Bill Gates. I mean, he is just amassing money. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I don't know what what he has planned. You know, Elon Musk is someone who wants to explore space and. Um, make travel easier and less expensive. Like that's where he's going. I know Jeff Bezos was photographed with that robot dog at the Mars 2018 conference. Hmm. So maybe he's doing something with robotics. I I don't know. Um, but I think all that's good. He has a lot of money, so uh, he could do a lot of good with that money. Yeah. It, it, look, it, I, I, I'm I'm uh. I'm 
I try to be slow in criticizing people who are pouring money into technological advances. Because we're not going to be shitting on that in, you know, a hundred years when this planet is practically unlivable. And these 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 men and women who are mega wealthy have poured money into advances that might not yet be to the point of getting us off the rock. But eventually, I'm, we're going to be grateful for that. But having said that, there's always another side. And that other side certainly is... What are you doing for the millions of kids who starve to death every year? What are you doing for the diseased? What are you doing about malaria and AIDS and all of these other uh, pandemic type of issues that are life-enders for kids who don't even get past four years old with your mountain of money? $150,000. Million dollars that is out out of control. Well, I've also been reading a lot about UBI, Universal Basic Income, mm-hmm. and this idea that the um, wealth inequality is just going to continue to get worse. The yeah. um, automation is going to take over many jobs. Um, you're already seeing it with McDonald's promising to have self serve kiosks yeah. um, in all of their stores by 2020. That's a year and a half away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Completely eliminating the need for people at the counter. Yeah. Um, no more customer service. They are testing a robot that flips burgers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, every minimum wage job is going to be gone. And so you have people like Andrew Yang, who's actually running for president, and his main issue is UBI. Yeah. And Annie Lowry just wrote a book on UBI. Mm-hmm. And... I'm I'm getting really interested in this idea because we are going to come to a point where what we have now just isn't feasible and there's going to be people that don't have an option yeah. to have a job. Think think about this. The entire transportation sector from Uber to truck driving to delivery to courier services all that's all going to be automated. That's all going to be robot cars. In five, six, seven years. We're not talking about a hundred years away like the Jetsons. Mm-hmm. We're talking about right now. Yeah. In our future. Mm-hmm. Many of you have kids out there that won't even be graduated from high school yet. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see this is the way it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So uh, UBI is going to, where, when that, when that sector, when that economic sector gets displaced, re- re- replaced, and there's a there needs to be a displacement of employment. Where's that going to go? It's you know it's going to have to, they're not going to have jobs, and those jobs are not coming back. The government's going to need to do something. And mm-hmm. UBI, universal basic income, and it's not like giving everybody sixty grand a year. It's a subsist a subsistence allowance to make sure that they're they're not going to be living in poverty. Right. I don't want to get into all the. Uh, in depth on UBI. We'll do an episode on it. Yeah, we we have our feelers out there for several people um, to come on the show and talk about it. So we're hoping to get someone on the show. Yeah. So Jeff Bezos, we'd love to know what everybody thinks. Yeah. 657-464-7609. Of course, email voice memos to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Speaking of idoubtit at dollamore.com, I think we have a couple of emails. 
Hey guys, I just wanted to offer a perspective that maybe you don't receive very often. I'm regretful to say I voted for Donald Trump, but since then I have done a complete 180 and if I could go back to the voting booth, I would not vote for him again. As a Christian, the closer I get to Christ and the more I study scripture, the more I fall away from the far right views that I held. Those views are everything but Christian. I know you don't particularly care for religion, but I just wanted to let people know that as a Christian, there are those of us who do realize how corrupt Donald Trump, his followers, and his administration really are, and just how unchristlike they are. The second greatest commandment is to love my neighbor. And that includes all of my neighbors. I got roped into thinking Trump is best after binging much of UG, Milo Yiannopoulos, who helped Trump to rile up that innate fear in me of the unknown and helped to make immigrants and refugees appear as a threat to my home by demonizing and dehumanizing them. I now understand the tactics they use and won't be a slave to that brainwashing anymore. I'm embarrassed of the mindset I was at, and I'm sadly aware of how many people are still stuck in that mindset. I am constantly appalled by the things that Trump says and does, and I can't believe how many people still love him. Anyway, I'm not sure what the point of this is, maybe to offer some hope that not everyone who originally boarded the Trump train is still aboard. Thanks for listening. You're both the best part of the show. Leah from Maine. Leah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, let me say a couple things. One, don't be ashamed to be embarrassed. I'm not saying you shouldn't be embarrassed, because you should. Just like there's all kinds of shit in my past. Um that I'm embarrassed of, and I should be embarrassed of, because it gives you perspective of how you've changed. For instance, I used to argue that two dudes having sex is the same as a dude having sex with a dog. I used to have horrible, deplorable beliefs. Because of religion. Well, well, yeah, in my case, it was because of religion. Mm -hmm. So, um, one, I think it's a bummer that you voted for Donald Trump, but... You've you've come out of that, and that's awesome. That mm-hmm. you're you're free thinking and clear thinking enough to realize, oh shit, what I thought was going to happen didn't happen. Well, I got bamboozled. Well, it's kind of when I go look at my time hop, and it shows me like <laughs> my posts on whatever social media uh, from like yeah. ten years ago. Yeah, and I am cringy. I mean, it is unbelievable how stupid I was, and yeah. also the kinds of things I was talking about in my personal life just putting it on the internet yeah um so when you when you look back on that though it gives you a chance to recognize how far you've come and how much you have grown so like you just said yeah i am thankful that i can look at those posts and go jesus Brittany, 10 years ago what are you doing over there listen if you weren't embarrassed looking back five years maybe not embarrassed but if you're not a little bit like ugh. Wow, I was a different person five years ago. If you're like, oh, yeah, haven't changed a bit, there's a problem. <laughs> yeah, you we, know? we should always be growing. Yeah, that should be the sure. goal. Yeah. And as far as the Jesus thing and like immigration, it, it is something that really, it, it just, it baffles me. That if, if you were to, to, let's do a thought experiment kind of a thing and say, oh, look, Jesus, he's here on earth. Do you think he'd be down at the border like, oh, yeah, lock the gate? <laughs> no, he'd be like, these are all God's children. Mm-hmm. I mean, we grew up singing the stupid black and yellow 
red and yellow, black and white, all are precious in his sight. Mm. Now, it's just a, a stupid kid song. But you think if there's a God, you know, the, the audience knows where I stand on that. Do you think the creator of everything seen and unseen gives a fiddle and fuck about an invisible border between the United States and Mexico? The being really cares about the United States. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. oh, for, for American white national Christianity. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. White Jesus really cares. Mm-hmm. But Jesus cared about the poor and the downtrodden. Suffer the little children to come unto me. Jesus didn't talk about, oh, yeah, look, Roman borders matter. If you don't have borders, you don't have a country. (laughs) Jesus didn't say anything like that. Jesus talked about, give everything you have away and follow me. Live in poverty. Give to others. Be of service to others. And like Leah said, love your neighbor as yourself. And if we, that doesn't mean your next door neighbor. It doesn't only mean your next door neighbor, let's say. It also means Mexico. Yeah, that's what Leah said. All, all yeah, of my neighbors. That's right. All of my neighbors. But something big is missing from this email. Is it Brittany's the best part? No, uh, <laughs> that is definitely not it. I, I want to know how this happened. Oh, um, yeah. I want to know what was the catalyst for the change. Because there had to have been one. Uh, was it a slow breakdown? Was it a major event? Was there a eureka, like, oh, shit? Yeah, yeah, because I think this is one of the most fascinating parts of the human experience where we have a strongly held belief, and then we start to lose that belief, and we start to change. And people don't believe it can happen, but it happens all the time. Yeah, It happens with something innocuous. You don't like a certain kind of beer, and then, oh, it grows on you. You start to like that kind of beer. I think that was the case with Ian when he was on the show, and we asked him what he had changed his mind about. Or maybe I'm just making that up, and I like to think about Ian drinking beer. Um, (laughs) But it can also happen with big things, like uh, with Leah, with politics, and being on the Trump train, and now no longer being on the Trump train. And you have this fake walk away campaign with, um, which is a Russian bot campaign. Yeah, the by Russian the way. bot, yeah. and I keep seeing my friends sharing it on Facebook, just sharing the Russian uh, it, bot campaign all over in my YouTube comments. Yeah, all over. I just walk got away. I got tagged in a tweet from one of them uh. today. Um, but people are so surprised by these stories, and. Um, I think more apt to share them because it is rare to see people like changing their minds. And I wish we could see more of it, more of open conversation, um, emotionally charged conversation that isn't relationship ending that can actually push people to where they need to be. Um, I know I've engaged in those. I know you've engaged in those and we try to have those important conversations on the show too. Um, But I'd like to hear from Leon that if she wants to send a follow up and share a little bit. I I'm I'm fascinated also by and this is might just be my bias, but I'm fascinated to see a Christian not get bogged down in the American white Christian version of Christianity. And we I don't know Leah's race uh, or ethnicity, but I'm assuming you're in Maine. It's a you know you throw a dart. 
you swat over they see you swing a dead cat, you're going to hit a white person or mm-hmm. whatever the the swinging of the cat. <laughs> I haven't heard that, but thing is, yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm fascinated by that because I think it would be easy to get to get caught up in the American version of Christianity. It's been bastardized so much and for so long that it would be hard to kind of extricate yourself from that dogma and that uh, bastardization of the faith. Anyway, Leah, thank you so much. That is an awesome. We'd love to hear from you again about Brittany's questions. Um, That's great. Okay, so we have um, another email from Daniel. Hey, Jesse and Brittany, hope all is well. Daniel from Austin here. This is in regards to Trump family members. My mom has recently come out and told me she voted for Trump, and I wish I could say I was surprised, but I'm honestly not. See, I'm of mixed race, Mexican, German, Norwegian. My father's family coming from Mexico and Texas, and my mother's coming from Norway and Germany. To put it mildly, my maternal grandfather looks like he should be your grandpa and not mine. He watches Fox News nonstop and believes every word of it. When he repeats it, I call him on his bullshit and he gets pissed. When he wanted to move out of his assisted living community, I offered to get a two-bedroom apartment so he could move in and have someone there to watch over him. Of course, he refused and cited that he wouldn't be able to watch his news in peace. (laughs) When he says these things, he hears about immigrants. I get furious. I'm like, hey, dude, you see me sitting right here next to you, your brown grandson. I'm fucking American because both sides of my family decided to immigrate here. We literally have everything we do because of immigration. Your daughter married a man whose mother migrated from Mexico after Pancho Villa threatened to personally kill her father for not joining in supporting his cause. At first, I wondered how my mom could have voted for dumbass, but after really getting to know my grandpa, it all makes sense. I definitely figured it out when I heard him say that he remembers how pissed his parents were after Germany lost the war and always holding a grudge against the U.S. Keep in mind they live in the U.S. at this point, and this is why they fled Germany in the first place, because they knew a war was on the horizon. Well, Grandpa, the joke's on you. My father just tested his DNA, and we are 1% Jewish, so suck it. (laughs) So... I understand the other caller's pain. It's a daily struggle. Anyways, that's my rant. Semper Fi, brother, and have a good one. My obligatory love the show. Brittany's the best part. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. We should, next episode, we should talk about our DNA results that came back. Yeah, we finally got them in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a couple small surprises. Mm-hmm. Um, l- l- let me, um, this is more evidence. Remember, we had the caller call in and uh, Mark, the mailman, called in about the the Proud Boys not being white supremacists and how can Gavin McGinnis be a racist because his, his wife is of color. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those deals. And look, I'm not calling Daniel's grandpa a racist. I don't know anything about the fucking guy other than what Daniel has said. But it is one of those things where he can have these views about immigrants right. hold these these recalcitrant deeply held strident views about immigrants while sitting there watching Fox news with, as Daniel said, his Brown grandson. Mm -hmm. And what I think what happens is it's, it's one of those situations where, uh, Oh no, you're one of the good ones. No, you're not like them that I'm seeing on TV. Right. You're not like MS 13, (laughs) the boogeyman. Mm -hmm. You're, you're my grandson. Yeah. You're familiar to me. Mm hmm it's hard to hate what you know. It's hard to hate what you live with, Mm -hmm. what you've experienced, 
what you've developed empathy for. Yeah. Just weird. People are weird, Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> and Gavin McGinnis is 100% a racist. So. 100%. Mm-hmm. With a waxed asshole. Um, we never talked about that. Either, yeah, I think we? it's also bleached. It's very clean. Yeah. And if you're wondering how we saw it, well, he pulled his asshole open <laughs> on camera. Pulled? No, no. That's not... While doing his radio show. That's not hyperbolic. Yeah, he, he did that. He 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 got up, pulled down... Sorry to ruin your email with this, Daniel. Uh, he got up, turned around, dropped trow, mm-hmm. spread open his ass cheeks, yep. bared his asshole as wide as he could, yep. and put it up to the microphone. It was so clean, the there was almost no asshole. <laughs> there was an asshole. <laughs> There definitely was. Yeah. Well, a, lot of, a lot of Gavin McGinnis asshole talk. Well, well he is an asshole. Well, so. yeah. And also, uh, just that is, that's the worst. I, well, I don't just, understand because there's some people that I respect that, um, like people in the media that I respect and I don't want to name them, <laughs> but um, they follow him on, like Instagram. on Instagram. Right. And I, I'm just wondering what's going on there. Do they know that he's, he's acting? But even then, I can't. I don't understand because he chooses to act like a racist. Then, well, I yeah, mean, he, well, yeah, he's a racist, but he's also riling up these angry young white men to go like harass Vic Berger, right? And cause violence. Go and join the Unite the Right rallies. I mean, why? Yeah. Why are you connected to this guy? Reasonable people in the media that but, I'm thinking of. You know, there's there's uh. I'm going to use a phrase I don't mean, but there's a special place in hell. You're a special kind of dick face. Let's say that. If you are a weakling little pussy who's dispatching others to do your dirty work, you can't get it out. You can't do it among yourself. You can't find it in yourself to throw a punch or go to a rally or 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 do the things you're you're encouraging your followers to do. So you have others do it for you. Well, I don't know how these people get to a position of power where they have those people willing to do that for them. I mean, I saw someone debating on behalf of Jeff Bezos on Twitter today. (laughs) Are you joking? Wow. You think that Jeff Bezos like cares about you at all? Yeah. And you're taking time out of your day to defend Jeff Bezos? I I don't understand these people. Does Jeff Bezos even need defending well, I mean, yeah, he, when they're saying that he should be doing better things with his money. Right. That's what they're defending right. him from. I mean, let's give... They, this was actually the quote. It's quite easy to become a millionaire in this country. That's what they said? Yeah. Are, did you mix it up with them? No. If, no. If, why would I speak oh. to someone who says something like oh. that? That is clearly ridiculous. I don't want to get back on the Jeff Bezos thing, but even if we give Donald Trump credit for the money, he's, I don't think he's even a billionaire, but let's say he is and he's worth... Even ten billion, which is two billion more than he says. Jeff Bezos is worth a hundred and forty billion dollars more than Donald Trump. <laughs> Goddamn. Anyway, is that it for the emails? I think so. Man. Thank you, Leah and Daniel. We appreciate it. Uh, again, if you'd like to sound off, help us move the conversation forward. Even on the tough topics, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love your dissent even more. 657-464-7609. Of course, email voice memos from your smartphone 
to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. Well, we still have those stickers available at dollamore.com. On the left-hand side, you'll see Sticker Shop. They are $5 for a 4 by 4 Dollamore page 2020 campaign sticker limited run. We still have some available. So go ahead and place your order and we will get those sent out to you because we have them. Also, you can go to dollamore.info and buy yourself some I Doubt It with Dollamore merch, including classy laid mugs and totes and uh, You're the Puppet shirt, which actually is really... um, More poignant now than ever. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's actually an important piece of clothing to have. It will be historic. Yeah, we may we may want to consider sending them to Donald Trump. Can we mail him things? Can sure, we mail him yeah, items? yeah. Sixteen hundred yeah. Pennsylvania Avenue. <laughs> I, I don't want to mail him anything. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, today is the day for the last day for Amazon Prime. Dollamore.com slash Amazon, and buy yourself some awesome stuff to make Jeff Bezos even richer. Even richer. But you'll get it. It'll be convenient. So everybody wins. Oh, perfect. Good times. (laughs) Yay. Dilemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So as promised, we're back. This is hashtag third episode week. And um, Donald Trump. Unbelievable performance in Helsinki. We talked a little bit about... uh, what was to come yesterday, his performance in, in, in Great Britain, his performance um, just in general is, is a shit show. However, the Mueller probe is gearing up. I said yesterday that there, I expect there to be a some type of tick in the right direction. Maybe not seismic, I said. But a tick in the right direction, and that is exactly what happened after his performance. Is that tooting my own horn? Am I tooting right now? I mean, it's what you do all the time, so <laughs> no one's surprised. Um, Most of what you say is essentially, I called this, guys. Oh. Uh, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> So tell us what you were right about. <laughs> How right were you? No, listen, I, I'm I'm actually. Um, were you super right? I'm holding out judgment because we see this kind of behavior from Republicans all the time, where it's like, oh, harumph. <laughs> I'm I'm appalled. I at can't Don- believe this. Donald Trump. Oh, that's <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's a crazy thing. Why did he do that? Look at my disappointment. I can't hold on. Look at this face. I'm so... <laughs> and that's what, that's what they do, and then nothing comes from it. Yeah. However, I'm holding out hope, and this ju- just might be optimistic Jesse. Here we I'm, go. I'm holding out hope that uh, this is a harbinger of things to come. Mm. All of the, the different congressmen and senators who came out 
some more forcefully than others. We'll, we'll get we'll get to that. Uh, first, let's talk about what caused the crazy reaction. Donald Trump was in Helsinki for a day or two. He met with Vladimir Putin. We talked about this yesterday. And after their over two-hour meeting, one-on-one, with only translators. So there's we, no historical record that is of what right. was said. That is a problem. There is no record for posterity's sake. There is no record for a, a future president for he or she to say, huh, well, Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, number 45, did this. Let me go back and look and see how that went down so I could learn from that interaction. Mm-hmm. That's not available to anyone. We don't know whether the interest of the United States were talked about. We don't know what the conversation was, and we may never know. And if you watch the video footage of Donald Trump around Putin, he is not like himself. Yeah. He looks hunched over. I mean, I'm not a dentist or anything, but I <laughs> I feel like I was getting a proper read on the body language. And wow. <laughs> um he he just seems like he's in um he's in submission to Putin. Servile, if you will. Yeah, and if if he's not, then I'm I'm very confused by why uh, he by was way, acting that dentist. way. There it is. Uh, by the way, I'm a dentist. Had to find it. I'm I'm confused as to why he would be acting that way, um, if something nefarious is not going on. So, so I'd be interested to hear from people if they think that I'm just reading too much into that, or if they felt as though he he acted differently too, because he actually even when he was giving the speech after the meeting with Putin, um, kind of giving the summary before they took yeah the, two pre- questions the prepared remarks yeah he was speaking differently, like quieter. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. It was very weird. Usually he's more forceful. There, Oh, certainly more forceful. I mean, he's jerking them by the arm and shit. I mean, he's trying to be Mr. Tough Guy, Mr. Imposing Physical Figure. He doesn't do that with Putin at all. Yeah, he doesn't look confident. He doesn't sound confident. He He's not on his game. In, in this situation. He's fucking obsequious is what he is. He is, he is deferential. To Vladimir Putin, which is antithetical to who Donald Trump wants to portray himself as. He, Donald Trump is who he is to everyone else. Every other world leader, Donald Trump is who he is in his mind to them. That's the outward manifestation. But to, to Putin, he's who we believe him to be, which is insecure and weak, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to play the prepared remarks because well, they're prepared remarks. They're not Donald Trump's words. They're not Donald Trump's thoughts. Uh, I'm going to start with the questions from the, the the audience of journalists. And there were very few questions. Um, some initial takeaways from the presser is that Vladimir Putin has a far greater handle on the world stage. Mm-hmm a better grasp of manipulating the media. And you definitely seem more prepared for the questions that oh, were yeah. asked than yeah. Donald Trump was, which is surprising. Well, because you would expect them to prepare him. Also, you know, leading into this, Donald Trump, well, I don't really need to prepare. I, you know, I'm 
I've been preparing for this my whole life kind of a thing is his his mantra. And then he gets there and shits the bed on the world stage. It's one thing when you're in Minnesota or Montana at a rally talking about the servers and Hillary Clinton's emails constantly ad nauseum because you want to you want to whip up your base into a frenzy. It's a whole nother thing when you're in Helsinki and the eyes of the world are watching and listening to what you say. Maybe his mental abilities were just exhausted at that point because he had spent two hours in the room with Putin being so strong and powerful <laughs> that right. he he spent all of his time in the room really advocating for America. And then when he came out, he was too tired to continue down that path. Well, you know, our, our battery is like a battery, our body is like a battery. Mm-hmm. But there's only so much energy in there. And once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. So he dropped the ball a little bit. Yeah, he did. So the media was able to ask a few questions. Uh, it was preordained who was going to be called upon because uh, I didn't include it in these clips, I don't believe. But you can hear Sarah Huckabee Sanders calling out who the next question is on the American side for the journalists. And for the first question, they ask um, very, let me tell you, the media did a great, the American media did a great job. The Russian media just set they set Putin up for his jokes. Brittany pointed out that they set him up for giving the soccer ball to Donald Trump. Yeah, I think that was the RT reporter, yeah, the yeah. Russia Today reporter, who asked a question. Speaking of football. <laughs> yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, there's a soccer ball there. Yeah, it's, it was so ridiculous. So the very first reporter asks Donald Trump directly whether or not he held Russia accountable for the hacking. Thank you. Mr. President, you tweeted this morning that it's U.S. foolishness, stupidity, and the Mueller probe that is responsible for the decline in U.S. relations with Russia. Do you hold Russia at all accountable for anything in particular? And if so, what would you, what would you consider them that they are responsible for? Yes, I do. I hold uh, both countries responsible. I think that the United States has been foolish. I think we've all been foolish. We should have had this dialogue a long time ago, a long time, frankly, before I got to office. And I think we're all uh, to blame. I think that the United States now has stepped forward along with Russia, and we're getting together. And we have a chance to do some great things, whether it's nuclear proliferation in terms of stopping. We have to do it. Ultimately, that's probably the most important thing that we can be working on. But uh, I do feel that uh, we have both made some mistakes. I think that the the probe is a disaster for our country. I think it's kept us apart. It's kept us separated. There was no collusion at all. Uh, everybody knows it. Uh, people are being brought out to the fore. Uh, so far that I know, virtually none of it related to the campaign. And they're going to have to try really hard to find somebody that did relate to the campaign. That was a clean campaign. I beat Hillary Clinton easily. And frankly, uh, we beat her. And I'm not even saying from the standpoint, we won that race. And it's a shame that there can even be a little bit of a cloud over it. Uh, people know that, people understand it. But the main thing, and we discussed this also, is zero collusion. And it has had a negative impact upon the relationship of the two largest nuclear powers in the world. We have 90% of nuclear power between the two countries. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous what's going on with the probe. For President Putin, yeah, yeah, if I could yeah. follow up as well. Um, 
Why should Americans and why should President Trump believe your statement that Russia did not intervene in the 2016 election, given the evidence that U.S. intelligence agencies have provided? And will you consider extraditing the 12 Russian officials that were indicted last week by a U.S. grand jury? Well, I'm going to let the President answer the second part of that question. But, as you know, uh, the whole concept of that came up perhaps a little bit before, but it came out as a reason why the Democrats lost an election, which, frankly, they should have been able to win because the Electoral College is much more advantageous for Democrats, as you know, than it is to Republicans. Uh, we won the Electoral College by a lot, 306 to 223, I believe. And uh, that was a well-fought uh, — that was a well-fought battle. We did a great job. And, frankly, uh, I'm going to let the President speak to the second part of your question. But uh, just to say it one time again, and I say it all the time, uh, there was no collusion. I didn't know the President. Uh, there was nobody to collude with. There was no collusion with the campaign. And every time you hear all of these, you know, 12 and 14, it's stuff that has nothing to do. And frankly, they admit these are not people involved in the campaign. But to the average reader out there, they're saying, well, maybe that does. It doesn't. Uh, and even the people involved, some perhaps told misstories, although in one case the FBI said there was no lie. There was no lie. Somebody else said there was. Uh, we ran a brilliant campaign, and that's why I'm president. Thank you. Off the fucking rails. That is Donald Trump speaking, talking points that could have been written by um, a press secretary or a, a PR firm for Russia, the mm -hmm. government of Russia. Well, there's numerous problems with that response. Yeah. <laughs> One of the main um, problems that I heard there is it's possible that there could be collusion without Trump and Putin knowing one another. Yeah, yeah I wrote that down. No collusion. Trump uh, didn't know Putin. Does he think that there were, we're alleging and, and it's being alleged that Putin actually sat behind a, a computer terminal and hacked the U.S. election? Or that like Putin and Trump t were working together. Right, like they don't have staffs and campaigns yeah. and the government, the government of Russia, these 12 individuals who have been indicted by Robert Mueller. Right. But the even three companies. Yeah, but even the I don't I didn't know him. Right. That has been all over the place too. It's a lie. Throughout the past decade, you have clips of Trump saying, I don't know him, I do know him, I never yeah. met him, I did meet him. <laughs> yeah. So we can never get a straight answer on that either. Well, I mean, it's convenient for him to say it now that he doesn't know him, but later later in the interview or in the in the questioning, Putin says, uh, Look, uh, he was here in 2013. I, I didn't even know he was here. Well, that's a lie, too, because Donald Trump reached out to try to get a meeting. Yeah. It's why lie? It only makes you look guilty when we know you're lying. Also, Putin's going to know that Donald Trump is coming for the pageant. That's why he was yeah. there, the pageant. Yes. He knows that he's coming for he the pageant. He owns the pageant. It's Come a on. major thing. It was a get for Russia at the time. Yeah, Putin's like, I'm unaware of anything that's going on in my country. I don't know. When rich people come here, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. The main takeaway here is, though, he was given a chance. You're going to hold Russia accountable. Do you, do you see anything that Russia did wrong? He goes, oh, yeah, both sides. Both sides. Yeah, we both. We Everybody. We're all to blame. Everybody's to blame. <laughs> 
And then the only specifics that he names are related to the Mueller probe. Everything that Donald Trump marked as wrong and egregious were American-caused. He didn't list one single thing that Vladimir Putin did that has been wrong, that Russia has done that is wrong. Nothing. He was running interference for a hostile foreign power on a world stage. We have never seen a president of the United States advocate for an enemy. And that is what happened yesterday. We watched an American president fucking surrender on international television. Yeah, television. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty remarkable. And you you hear him here. Basically, what he's saying is, guys, guys, I'm legitimate. Yeah. I'm the president, guys. Yeah. I won. Why can't you just let me be? I'm the president now. <laughs> but did you hear that in? The, 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 the second question was for Putin and Donald Trump had so much gas in the lines that he had to he had to enter oh I'm gonna I'm gonna let you finish. He pulled a Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna let you finish, but blah blah blah. Listen to how that went down. For President Putin, yeah, yeah, if I could yeah. follow up as well. Um, why should Americans and why should President Trump believe your statement that Russia did not intervene in the twenty sixteen election, given the evidence that US intelligence agencies have provided? And will you consider extraditing the twelve Russian officials that were indicted last week by a US grand jury? Well, I'm going to let the president answer the second part of that question. Why should we believe you, Russia? Why should we believe you when we have all this evidence and these indictments, these specific details from the Mueller investigation? Why should we believe you, Russia? And Donald Trump cuts in. Oh, well, I'm going to I'll let him get to that. But let me say this. It's not your turn, bro. You're a little too eager. So the second question, <laughs> oh Jesus, is who do you believe? Mm. The intelligence agencies. Mm-hmm. Seems like an easy question. Your intelligence agencies that are staffed and led by people you've appointed to their positions, Donald Trump, setting him up for a home run yeah. to reaffirm his loyalty to the American people. That is exactly right. Mm -hmm. And would you tell Putin right now, standing right next to him? Would you tell him to stop? Thank you. A uh, question for each president. President Trump, yes. you, you first. Um, just now, President Putin denied having anything to do with the election interference in 2016. Every U.S. intelligence agency has concluded that Russia did. What, who, my first question for you, sir, is who do you believe? My second question is, would you now, with the whole world watching, tell President Putin, would you denounce what happened in 2016? And would you warn him to never do it again? I'm going to pause. And uh, what do you think his answer is, Brittany? I think he's going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I already know what he's going to say. Right, and right. it's not good. But I would like to commend this reporter for asking this question. For possibly risking his life. Yeah, it has to be scary doing what he's doing. Asking questions of, a, of, a, of Putin, a man who murders journalists yeah. on a regular basis. Don't go to Moscow, bro. So seriously, he's asking here, who do you believe and would you tell Putin to stop? Do you believe Russia or do you believe the United States? Is your loyalty to Russia or is your loyalty to the United States? Mm -hmm. I think we all know Donald Trump's answer. Um, but this is, this is, this is historic. This is a shocking turn of events, even 
for Donald Trump. We're witnessing treason from a, a United States president. So here he is when asked, who do you believe and would you tell him to stop? Um, we're going to witness uh, bravery and courage. So let me just say that we have two thoughts. You have groups that are wondering why the FBI never took the server. Haven't they taken the server? Why was the FBI told to leave the office of the Democratic National Committee? I've been wondering that. I've been asking that for months and months, and I've been tweeting it out and calling it out on social media. Where is the server? I want to know where is the server and what is the server saying? With that being said, all I can do is ask the question. My people came to me, Dan Coates came to me and some others. They said they think it's Russia. Uh, I have uh, President Putin. Uh, he just said it's not Russia. I will say this. I don't see any reason why it would be, but I really do want to see the server. Uh, but I have, uh, I have confidence in both parties. I, I really believe that this will probably go on for a while, but I don't think it can go on without finding out what happened to the server. What happened to the servers of the Pakistani gentleman that worked on the DNC? Where are those servers? They're missing. Where are they? What happened to Hillary Clinton's emails? 33,000 emails, gone, just gone. I think in Russia, they wouldn't be gone so easily. I think it's a disgrace that we can't get Hillary Clinton's 33,000 emails. So I have great confidence in my intelligence people, but uh, I will tell you that President Putin was extremely strong and powerful in his denial today. And what he did is an incredible offer. He offered to have the people working on the case come and work with their investigators with respect to the 12 people. I think that's an incredible offer. Okay, thank you. Wow. Um, um, it it, it kind of leaves you speechless because it is so shocking. And I've seen this clip probably, um, I don't know, 15 times now, yeah. <laughs> watching all the different uh, news people react to it. And everyone pretty much has the same reaction. When he said the emails wouldn't be gone so fast in Russia, yeah, it's because there's no freedom for anybody yeah. in that country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Putin controls everything. And so what are, you, what are you saying there? Well, when he says in Russia they wouldn't be gone so easily, what he's saying is, well, they're, they're better over there. It's better over in Russia. That This wouldn't have happened in Russia because it's awesome over there. Here in the United States, it's willy-nilly. Everybody does what they fucking want. Because Putin has full control. That's right. And Donald Trump likes that. That's exactly right. He sees that and he wishes that he could do that here. How, how remarkable is it, though, that he puts forward like it's a normal idea, like it's a credible idea. Putin, it's a tremendous offer. He offered to have his people come over. And help with the investigation. Oh, really? You know, when, when John Wayne Gacy was on trial, they had him help investigate the murders that he committed. Mm -hmm. That's not how it works, bro. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. All I can do is ask, Brittany. I don't see any reason why they would have done this, even though Dan Coates, the director of national intelligence. Mm-hmm. Came out with a very strong statement even after this, saying, ah, 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 no, dude, absolutely 
we have no doubt, we are not equivocating on this point. Russia did interfere. In fact, it's not even that now an intelligence assessment because now we have indictments. 191 criminal charges. 32 individuals have been indicted. Three companies. It's beyond a suspicion at this point. What's weird is you see Donald Trump and he is placating Putin. And when he talks about the um, strained relationships with presidents in the past, there was a reason for that. That's right. And there's a reason why people are not buddy-buddy with Vladimir Putin. He kills people. He has journalists jailed, put into psychiatric hospitals for the rest of their life. He invades countries. Yeah, he he's a bad person. Yeah. And so it isn't admirable that Donald Trump is being so buddy-buddy with Putin. He couldn't stand there and say, this is the report from my intelligence officials. 12 Russian government officials indicted. Yeah. You need to cut this out. Um, here's more sanctions for you. We're not playing around. Well, you're he, not You're not going to do this. You're not fooling anybody. Yeah. It, it is... Put this in perspective of what we're talking about. We're talking about the the democratic, the integrity of our democratic process here in the United States. And if Donald Trump is not standing for the integrity of our democratic process, then he's not standing for every man. He's not standing for every woman. He's not standing for the electorate. He's not standing for the voters of the United States. He's standing for the power structure of Russia, not the individual vote within the United States. So uh, this is treason. If he couldn't do it then in in a room with all of these people where he was safe. Right. <laughs> what do you think happened alone? No kidding. Yeah. For that long. Yeah. What did they wow. talk about for that long? Over two. It was supposed to be 90 minutes. They went over two hours. When he is... I mean, no record wanting to like massage Putin's shoulders yeah, and comfort him and make sure he's not upset. Winking at him. Yeah. I, it, it was the strangest thing to witness. The final question was to Putin. And again, all the hard hitting questions came from the United States journalists. This is asking whether or not Putin has compromising material, compromot, on Donald Trump. A question for President, for President Putin, thank you. Uh, two questions for you, sir. Can you tell me what President Trump may have indicated to you about officially recognizing Crimea as part of Russia? And then secondly, sir, do you, does the Russian government have any compromising material on President Trump or his family? <laughs> President Trump and uh, well posture of President Trump on Crimea is well known and he stands firmly by it he continued to man maintain that uh, it was illegal to annex it we our viewpoint is different we held a referendum in strict compliance with the UN Charter and the international legislation for us, this issue, we put paid to this issue. And now to the compromising material. 
Yeah, I did heard these rumors that we allegedly collected compromising material on Mr. Trump when he was visiting Moscow. Well, distinguished colleague, let me tell you this. When President Trump visited Moscow back then, I didn't even know that he was in Moscow. I treat President Trump with utmost respect. But back then, when he was a private individual, a businessman, nobody informed me that he was in Moscow. Well, let's take St. Petersburg Economic Forum, for instance. There were over 500 American businessmen, the high-ranking, the high-level ones. I don't even remember the last names of each and every one of them. Well, do you remember, do you think that we try to collect compromising material on each and every single one of them? Well, it's difficult to imagine uh, another nonsense of a bigger scale than this. Well, please, just disregard these issues and don't think about this anymore again. It would have been out long ago. And if anybody watched Peter Strzok testify over the last couple of days, and I was in Brussels watching it, it was a disgrace to the FBI. It was a disgrace to our country. And you would say that was a total witch hunt. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. That is a remarkable thing that just took place there at the end there. One, one, first, Putin's answer, which is not a no. He didn't say, no, I don't have compromising information. He said, well, I didn't know him. Do you think I have compromising information on all the businessmen that come to Russia? He didn't say, nope, not at all, unequivocally, no way. He just said, nah, put that thought out of your head. Quit thinking about that. Well, those are even bad arguments. Yeah. Do I have comprom compromising information on all the rich people that come here? No, I don't. <laughs> Wait a minute, what? How yeah. is that a response to yeah. the question? Not an answer. And then, again, un-fucking-hinged... Donald Trump interjects there at the end to a question that was solely to Vladimir Putin about compromising information and starts rambling about Peter Strzok from the FBI. Well, please just disregard these issues and don't think about this anymore again. It would have been out long ago. And if anybody watched Peter Strzok testify over the last couple of days, and I was in Brussels watching it, it was a disgrace to the FBI. It was a disgrace to our country, and you would say that was a total witch hunt. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. What is he talking about? Where did that come from? That had nothing to do with what was going on. But Donald Trump has to bring up Peter Strzok. Also, they can keep trying to do the Peter Strzok thing, but that did not go well for them. Yes. So I don't know why he's still trying to use Peter Strzok in that way. That's, that's not working for you. I don't even think it was a strategy like, a, oh, hey, by the way, make sure you get Peter Strzok in there somewhere. And he's like, oh, shit, we're at the end here. I got to say it. <laughs> I, I, I think he's he's starting to slip a little bit. Well, just it's desperation at this point. Just take a step back. Look at where we are. Donald Trump is meeting with Vladimir Putin and all of the questions are about the Russian interference in the election. Yes. Why won't Donald Trump address it with the president of Russia? Does he have compromising information yeah. on our president? Yes. I just think about the questions that are being asked. This is crazy. 
and, and put it in a historical perspective. Yeah. And listen, it's not just us. It's not just liberals. It's not just centrists. It's not just anti-Trump people who are very freaked out and disturbed and concerned about this. Mainstream Republicans are having a problem. Republican Congressman Will Hurd in Texas. Former CIA. Quote, as a former CIA officer and congressman on the House Intelligence Committee, I can affirmatively say there is nothing about agreeing with a thug like Putin that puts America first. Mm -hmm. What Paul Ryan say? Quote, there is no question that Russia interfered in our election and continues attempts to undermine democracy here and around the world. That is not just the finding of the American intelligence community, but also the House Committee on Intelligence. The president must appreciate that Russia is not our ally. There is no moral equivalence between the United States and Russia, which remains hostile to our most basic values and ideals. The United States must be focused on holding Russia accountable and putting an end to its vile attacks on our democracy. And then, of course, you know, guys like Ben Sass and Jeff Flake, they said some things that were negative. John McCain. But you would expect that from those types. It was actually shocking to hear from uh, former Speaker Newt Gingrich. Yes. Also a Republican who has been a champion for Donald Trump. His wife, Callista, is like... Some the Vatican. Vatican position. Yeah, right? the Vatican ambassador. Um, President Trump must clarify his statements in Helsinki on our intelligence system and Putin. It is the most serious mistake of his presidency and must be corrected immediately. That's a big deal because because uh, Newt Gingrich is tripping all over himself all the time to defend Trump in 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 moments that are un- indefensible. Um Trey Gowdy, even? Mm-hmm. What was it he said? Russia is not our friend. Russia attempted to undermine the fundamentals of our democracy, impugn the reliability of the 2016 election, and sow the seeds of discord among Americans. Our intelligence community, including the current one, concluded this, as did the Majority House Intelligence Committee report, as did our fellow Americans who served on grand juries, which returned true bills on two separate occasions. I am confident former CIA director and current secretary of State Mike Pompeo, DNI Dan Coates, Ambassador Nikki Haley, FBI Director Chris Wray, Attorney General Jeff Sessions, and others will be able to communicate to the president it is possible to conclude Russia interfered with our election in 2016 without delegitimizing his electoral success. And then listen to this. Former Congressman and Nutter Butter, Joe Walsh, who... Uh, he, he was the one who said that if Hillary wins, he's going to pick up his musket and get out there. I mean, he's a, he's a nut. He was a die-to-the-wool Trump supporter, a Trump defender. He had this to say on I, Twitter. I am a conservative. When I was in Congress, I was one of its most conservative members. But damn it, I'm an American first. And I'm furious that Russia screwed with our election. I'm furious that Russia attacked us. And I'm really furious that our president doesn't give a damn. Trump was a traitor today. I cannot and will not support a traitor. No decent American should. You saw a man today both ill-equipped to be president and a man clearly not loyal to this country's best interests. Gang, this is a crisis. Americans of all political stripes must speak out against him. Russia attacks America. Trump blames America. Republicans don't say shit. Terrible. That's Joe Walsh. Who was also in the Sasha Baron Cohen show defending like four-year-olds having guns. That's right. Kindergartians. Yeah. <laughs> um, Good job, Joe. 
Fox News, uh, you know, I think they kind of m- must have given the green light to some of the hosts to say what they want. You're unfettered. You can go ahead and criticize now because it was such so egregious. Here's New- Neil Cavuto with Stuart Varney, who is like stupid in his defense of Donald Trump. Um, and they're even baffled by the performance. This has got to be the most incredible thing I've ever witnessed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you talk about Vladimir Putin now saying, I've got an idea, comrade. We'll exchange information from each side's accused hackers. Uh, we'll exchange information. Um, so sort of like, you know, the fireman after who caused the fire saying, I'm going to help you look into the fire. It, it, mm. Wow. Right. It was not a very forceful presentation from President Trump with Putin standing right next to him. I don't not know. forceful I, at all. I'll give the benefit of the doubt to maybe jet lag and uh, time differences, but holy tamole. All right, thank you very much, my friend. Holy tamole. That's jet lag. Yeah, uh, well, you know, they're, they're, it, that's, that's, that's pretty stark criticism for Cavuto and Stuart Varney. Mm-hmm. Um, Essie Cup. On headline news, she's a Republican. She's a longtime Republican, continues to defend the party and malign those who are leaving the party in the wake of uh, instances like this. She had this to say on her show. President Trump's joint press conference with Russian President Vladimir Putin was nothing short of stunning and frankly indefensible. If Trump isn't a Russian agent, he sure plays a good one on TV. I can't think of a press conference between any two world leaders in which one leader so thoroughly trampled on his own nation and its interests than the suck-up fest I witnessed this afternoon. (laughs) And then here's the other side of the coin. The first minute and 10 seconds or so of Sean Hannity's interview with Donald Trump following this fiasco. Mr. President, great to see you. Thank you very much. You you literally just finished the press conference with President Putin moments ago. Uh, a lot came up. You were very strong at the end of that press conference. You said, where are the servers? What about what Peter Strzok said? Where are the 33,000 emails? And there was this mystery answer that I think surprised a lot of people by the president of Russia as it relates to the Mueller investigation. Right. Well, first of all, he said there was no collusion whatsoever. Uh, I guess uh, he said as strongly as you can say it, they have no information on Trump. It was an interesting statement, too. You know, many years ago when I was there, what was it, 13, 14, a long time ago, uh, he said there were many, many business people there. In all fairness, I was a very successful businessman, but I was one of a lot of people. And uh, one thing you know, if they had it, it would have been out. He and said it was so nonsense. That he said it's nonsense, is right. And he uh, also said there's absolutely no collusion, which you know, and everybody that watches your show knows. And I think <laughs> most of the country oh. knows. And Tucker standing right over there definitely knows because oh. he gets it. He's one of the people that get it. Mm. Tucker's over there. He gets it. Yeah. That's disgusting. Sean Hannity, Sean Hannity's audience, Tucker Carlson, Tucker Carlson's audience. You know that says nothing. You know that's meaningless, right? You know you're just saying that they know the propaganda, they yeah. know the talking points, they indoctrinate the uninitiated. That's all that you're saying. Also, well, Putin said it was ridiculous. So they're saying, oh, well, you, why didn't you listen to President Putin? He said the guy who's being accused of the crime is denying the crime. Oh, how shocking. You know, O.J. Simpson also said that he is innocent. <laughs> Guys. That's what he said. Guys. 
That's what he said. It's the asshole of today. Some lady on C-SPAN. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. C-SPAN has several call-in shows. Washington Journal, where people from across the country can call in with their opinions on whatever political event they're discussing that day. A lady called in and wanted to thank Russia. Thank Russia for interfering, for meddling in our election because it it prevented Hillary Clinton from being president. Admitting that Russia did indeed uh, uh, affect the the outcome. Certainly asshole of today. In Newington, Connecticut, line for independence. Mary Lou, good morning. Hey, uh, good morning. Um, I'll try not to sound too uh, awful, but I want to thank the Russians for interfering with our election. To stop Hillary Clinton from becoming president. That woman has got illusions of grandeur, and so hasn't her husband. That man, the whole time he was in the White House, was just fooling around sexually with Monica Lewinsky. He is an accused rapist. He has never denied it. And his wife never did anything to Stop him from doing that. Mary Lou, let me ask you, do you think do you think Russian interference was the reason that President Trump won in twenty sixteen? Yes, because the Russians interfered. I mean, what would we do with Hillary in that White House? Oh my god. That woman, she doesn't know what she was doing. What a mess she made of Benghazi. What she did with those emails to put a server in her living room or wherever she put it. That's Mary Lou in Connecticut. Ken- I love how he is. Well, that's a legitimate take from Mary Lou. Thank you, Mary Lou. <laughs> um, well, this is a new spin on things, isn't it? So you can be a Trump supporter and you can admit, unlike Donald Trump himself, that Russia did interfere in the election and that you're thankful that they did that. Yeah. Well, that lady is clearly a Fox News viewer, a voracious a consumer of Sean Hannity's show and Tucker Carlson's show. She is one of the audience members that Donald Trump mentioned that your audience gets it. They get it. Does it surprise you, though, that she is admitting it? Because Donald Trump is constantly attacking the FBI, trying to make it seem like the information that he's getting from his own intelligence agencies is biased against him, that there's a... a movement to try to get him out of his office. Wouldn't wouldn't that be Mary Lou's position? It's, it seems no, strange that she's accepting it. It gives me hope because of this. Everybody knows. Everybody gets it. Mary Lou is just willing to say, yeah, of course they did. But my guy won, so I'm okay with it. And I think that that is probably representative of a lot of people who are Hannity and Tucker viewers, they might, you know, privately or, or publicly say, no way, nope, no, didn't happen. But in their minds, in their private secret time, it's got to be lingering. It's got to be hanging on there that it's the way it went down and they know it.
Yeah, it still amazes me every time I hear from someone that can make those criticisms of Bill Clinton. And the accused rapist. And can't make the same criticisms of Donald Trump. Yeah. I, I seem like uh, a person who's able to do that, right? I, I am. Yeah. I believe that you can criticize both men yeah. for being sexual predators. Uh, and I don't I don't understand people who, who can't seem to do that. Well, Mary Lou, asshole of today. Mm-hmm. With that, we're going to leave you guys. We love you. We appreciate you. We'd love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We would love to have your rating and review on the iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts it's being called now. Um, No profanity because they won't post that review. But uh, let us know what you think. It helps us get in front of other, other viewers. And that is a good time. Today is the final day for Amazon Prime. If you're going to go out there and shop, if you're going to spend your money anyway on Amazon, why not use our link to get there, dollamore.com slash Amazon, and uh, we get a little bit. You're helping promote the show. Good times had by all. We appreciate you listening. Thank you. And we will see you next time later this week. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. President Putin was extremely strong and powerful. 